subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Chuck, I know that uh, Musk was kind of joking after the game. He didn't know if he was going to get a chance to watch the Super Bowl. I don't know if he would have wanted to watch the way that his uh, his Niners unfortunately fell late in overtime to Patrick Mahomes. I'm just glad somebody won at the end. I was tired. I was ready to go to bed. I knew we had this this morning, and so um, I'd seen enough field goals. I was yeah. ready to watch somebody score a touchdown, maybe, and win the game. But um, I know Chiefs fans are happy, and it's a very competitive game. It was a good game um, in terms of, you know, being being competitive. Um, I wish they scored more touchdowns in the NFL, just to be honest. But um, hey, that's just me. It's hard to score touchdowns. Yeah, defenses, and uh, unfortunately, the big Arkansas connection, the big story. Yeah. Uh, Dre Greenlaw ruptured Achilles, and the San Francisco's defense was just not the same after that. You watch his impact from that opening snap. He was flying around, ramming into guys left and right, and, and you heard it. And we're going to hear from his teammate Fred Warner, George Kittle, uh, Nick Bosa throughout the morning. But that defense was just not the same after he went out, Chuck? Well, it certainly affected him. There's no doubt about that. Um, I'm not going to go so far as to say that's why they lost, but it, uh, um, it, it certainly affected him. Larger question here, though, and the bigger concern is uh, this is a bad injury. I mean, uh, uh, tearing your Achilles, is uh, that's a career-threatening injury. And uh, it's not that you can't come back from it. It's just that it takes a long time to come back from it. This is professional football. Somebody's trying to take your job every day. You don't know what it's going to be like when you get back. I'm concerned about that. Happy for you know he, the fact that he got to go. Sad that he didn't get to play more. Uh, but most concerned about the injury itself because um, – that's a serious injury, even though it happened on a non-contact play. Yeah, and it's a nine to twelve recovery yeah. process. It's the real deal. Yeah. It's the real deal. And I, even in today, you know how there, there's been so many medical advances in today's day and age, and that injury seems to kind of just stay where it was. 20, 30, 40 years ago where it just takes a – so he's going to be out next season and, like you said, just don't know what the what his future looks like with not just the San Francisco 49ers but the National Football League as well. Well, I've been around a couple of players who had that and I've been around a couple of just regular old lay people uh, that have had that. <laughs> and apparently it's not pleasant at all uh, coming back from. And so uh, I think – Again, that's that's the biggest concern there long term. I wish they'd won. I wish he'd been the MVP, um, but they didn't, and he wasn't. And now he's got a long road ahead of him. But I know he'll attack his rehab. I'm certain of that. And you just wish him well. Well, let's talk about the MVP, Patrick Mahomes, who once again in a monumental game plays his best when the cards are on the table. And I. I don't know if you caught his pregame speech with his guys before, but I love how he just said in the pregame, we just got to find a way to win, guys. Hey, yeah. this is our moment. Uh-huh. Everything we've been through is for this Everything you got, every single play, and let's find a way to win a football game. Chuck, I think that's what stands out. Is I've seen this guy win in so many ways, right? He, he didn't have his best game last night. That was a really good defense with Nick Bose and Chase Young and Warner. I mean, you got all pros all over the field. Great secondary as well. And in the second half, he started to click. He found Kelsey after Kelsey threw a hissy fit on the sideline with his head coach, which we'll get into in just a bit. But the guy just kept pushing. He kept pushing and eventually, like he often does, found a way, found a guy at the tail end of the game and now walks away with his third third Super Bowl in in four years. How many people really thought that you know, the Niners were going to stop him there at the end. No one. Um, exactly. I mean, you knew exactly what was about to happen. And at least you felt like you did. And 
as we've said, I mean, you can go broke betting against that guy. He's the re. I mean, he's he's the real deal. He, he's as good as there is out there, and um, he's Montana like and Brady like, and they're not done. He's only twenty eight. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are starting to mention him in the same breath with some of the all time greats, and you know, if he stays healthy. And in the NFL now, they do everything to keep their franchise players healthy, their quarterbacks healthy. The league does. Everything's designed around that. If he can stay healthy, he can play another – he can play effectively, I suspect, another six, eight, maybe even nine or ten years. Um, I think he's got that much left in him. He's that good an athlete. Um, the guy's a magician out there. So here's the thing about Mahomes. He's not finished. And as long as they keep a good supporting cast around him, the Chiefs aren't finished winning. I'm not saying they're going to win four or five Super Bowls. Who knows? But they're not done being in the hunt for it. Yeah. No, I don't think so either. Wolf, you had a great stat during the break. What would you say? Peyton Manning, uh, Will, he's already surpassed Peyton Manning's playoff wins at this juncture of his career? Yes. Okay. Think about that. For everyone listening, as, as much respect, you may hate Peyton Manning as a Tennessee volunteer, but what he did in the National Football League, especially regular season, it's a great quarterback. So Patrick Mahomes at 28, at 28, has already surpassed Peyton Manning's total number of playoff wins. Guys, he's only ch- catching three guys. One was in attendance last night in Joe Montana, who's got four, four for four. And the other one was a guy that he lost to in the AFC Championship in the Super Bowl and Tom Brady. Those are the only quarterbacks that are ahead of him to this point. And I don't think it's close at this point in time based on what he's done at this early point of his career. And like you said, with what they have right now, their defense is so young. So young. They've got a little more older offensive pieces that they're going to have to work around and add to. You added some young ones in the offseason. But if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, I know it. sometimes things don't always materialize like you think to. But you have to think the next five to ten years, you're going to be in at least one more Super Bowl and probably a few more, Chuck. Well, maybe. I mean, they've certainly got that potential. I mean, that's that's what I was saying a minute ago. I mean, they've, they've certainly got that potential. You've got to go out and do it. I mean, I can remember, and we've been through this maybe in basketball several years ago, is, I mean, you think it's going to last forever. And you look at it just as you're looking at the Chiefs right now. Well, we're young here. we got this guy here. This guy's under contract. He's going to be here for a while. We're going to be great forever. And then something happens. Um, and you're not. So they do have a chance to do that, though. <clears throat> there's, uh, there's no doubt about that. And the thing that that Mahomes has going for him are the things that Brady and Manning had going for them and that he plays in a good organization. Um, he's not looking to get to a better organization to become as great as he can be. Um, he's got it right there. And so um, that's a big, big key for him. They've given him pieces. Uh, he's got a great coach. Um, he's got good uh, – he's got a Hall of Fame guy in Kelsey – um, they keep rotating good backs in. They've got good linemen. They're solid defensively. But organizationally, they're top shelf. And that's what gives you a chance to keep coming back. Um, football is the ultimate team game. We have individualized it way too much. We've tried to make it like basketball and baseball. We've turned a quarterback into a starting pitcher in terms of his overall effect on the game. And it's not like that. It's 11 on 11. Um, you've got to have a great quarterback, but you've got to have great pieces around you too, and structurally you've got to be at championship level, you know, away from football. And Kansas City's like that, like that, or like that right now, mm-hmm. and that's what gives them a chance, I think, to keep doing it. Let me ask you this, Chuck, because my hot take is this morning is the NFL overtime should be the regular season overtime as well. And I, I like yourself, was getting a little tired at, at one point in the game, but I don't understand why you would have two different setups during the course of, I get regular season and postseason, I think you just make them the same. I enjoyed last night's overtime. I thought it was set up good. Uh, why has the NFL not just enacted one form of overtime rules instead of, again, switching them up for the regular season and postseason? I don't know that it was that much different. I, I mean, it's the same thing. If the offense scores a touchdown, the game's over. 
if they don't score a touchdown, um, the other team gets the ball. I mean, maybe maybe I'm missing something on that. But essentially, it seems like it's the same thing. The difference is in a playoff game, you can't have a tie. Um, you know, you basically start a new game. Whereas in the regular season, you can have a tie. So um, um, I don't I don't know that it was that much different. Well, that's I mean, maybe, maybe I'm missing something. Well, well, that's the thing. If like if San Francisco scored a touchdown last night, the game's not over. They Kansas City gets the ball. Like each team gets a possession as part of it, and that's why I don't understand why the NFL doesn't just have that set up. Even if Brock Purdy and company were to punch it in last night, KC, because that's what you want. You want Patrick Mahomes to have a chance because you're irritated years ago when he didn't have a chance against Tom Brady and that's what they switched up so that's why I think they should again keep it just the same uh, like in the regular season and in the postseason I don't know why there's two different sets of rules for the regular season and the postseason well I misunderstood that then you you uh, um, um, my understanding was if they scored a touchdown the game was over but um, you may be right on that yeah well either way ended up being a great game in Las Vegas in overtime Allegiant Stadium I saw a, a tidbit Chuck he has never lost in Allegiant Stadium I know it's a relatively new NFL stadium but uh, whether it's beating uh, Mark Davis the late Al Davis's team the Las Vegas Raiders now or when in Super Bowls, the guy just uh, performs in Vegas, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, um, you know, you got to give Kansas City credit. And there are a lot of great individuals, and Mahomes is going to get the bulk of the credit. But again, I mean, um, football is a team game, man. I mean, it is a team game. And we've, we, we've, we sometimes make it too much about individuals. Um, there's, and it's because it's a, it's a complicated game to understand. I mean, it's a comp, most fans couldn't diagram a play if their life depended on it. Um, it's a difficult game to understand and watch and follow. And, um, so we focus on the quarterback a lot and Mahomes deserves credit. Don't get me wrong, but I just think Kansas city organizationally is so good. Um, from the very top of the ownership all the way down to the, you know, the last team manager, uh, they conduct themselves like a championship organization, and and that's you know why they're there, I guess. Let me ask you this, because we again we had different viewpoints and opinions on Dan Campbell going for it against the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan is going to be a big talking point in discussion, not just nationally, but in San Francisco, out in California, on his decision not to go for it on fourth. Do you think in that situation, when Patrick Mahomes is on the other side of the football? Do you go for it, even though Moody's been successful with the exception of that one X block PAT? I mean, do you put your offense in that situation with the young quarterback? I'm torn, like because I see the benefits of both sides, and I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but I know that that's a criticism that we've gotten on the McCarty Daniel hotline this morning. Well, that's 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 a hindsight's twenty twenty criticism. Um, how far did they have to go there on fourth down? Refresh my memory. Oh, I want to say it was like fourth and three, but I could be wrong on that. I'd have to. I, I, th- I think in that situation, I mean, one thing you do know is if you go for it and you don't make it, the game's over. You know, if 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 you kick a field goal, at least you know you've you you've got the lead. But um, I guess you could criticize that. I, I it, to me that 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 didn't have all that much to do with the outcome. Um, I'm not sure that it made it, frankly. Um, you know, but um, yeah, I guess it's something for people to talk about today. I wonder if San Francisco 49ers fans feel like the Buffalo Bills fans did in the 90s, where two out of the last basically four years, your team has gotten to the pinnacle and come up just short. I know this Super Bowl was a little closer than the last one. I think it's 31 to 20. Uh, Shanahan now three different times, two in Super Bowls as the head coach, one as the offensive coordinator, has held a lead in the third quarter and come up short. I, I think people forget. Uh, Chuck, Andy Reid didn't win a Super Bowl until he's 20 years into the league. So I know Shanahan's still a younger guy for relative standards, but, I mean, he's still got a lot of tread on those tires at this point. They just they keep running to a buzzsaw, and, and not, not just Patrick Holmes, like you're saying, but in Kansas City, unfortunately, if you're a Niners fan. Well, I mean, look, there's, there's nothing for them to be ashamed of. They got to the Super Bowl. Um, somebody's got to win the game, and somebody's got to lose the game on the scoreboard. But... Um, there's nothing loser 
about somebody that goes to the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care what the scoreboard says at the end of the day. So I mean, he's a he's a great coach. They're a good organization, and you know the Niners have uh, they're not a flash in the pan. Uh, they're a they're a you know they're a franchise that generally speaking is one that others emulate you know in the way they conduct themselves and the fact that they win and uh, they've um i think you know and look i'm a cowboys fan i've i've never been a big fan of the niners <laughs> but i've always respected the way they operate so arkansas basketball gets a three-point win against the georgia bulldogs on saturday night devo davis back in uniform for the razorbacks and uh, coach said after the game he changes things. And obviously, Devo changes things for us, getting loose balls. And, you know, defensively, we're much different with Devo in there. And he did a great job guarding four men. And, and actually, L. Ellis defended their four for probably about 20 to 22 minutes tonight. And I thought he did a great job defending the four. And we didn't get hurt in the post at that position at all. So a lot of good things, a lot of things to build off, and a lot of things we still got to get a lot better at. So, Chuck, I, I didn't know how much Devo was going to play during the course of that basketball game. Ended up with 35 minutes, so really, I don't know what a season average is, but a good chunk. Uh, played the four a lot of times, as you heard him and Ellis kind of switched off. Uh, the tail end of the game, it truly was a Devontae Davis game where he had a great pass, a turnover, a foul. Like It was just all over, up, down, up, down. But at the end of the day, Arkansas got a win, and he was a big part of it. He was. Um, I thought Ellis was the story. I thought he was the uh, he was the difference in the game. If you wanted to pinpoint one player, you know, this is a guy that um, I mean, he didn't play for two games, mm -hmm. and you know, he uh, must said something interesting after the ball game. And I, I don't I don't want to violate any kind of confidence here, but he said, you know, I was trying to figure it out as coaches do, and he. You know, he said, I, I, I looked at the games we've played well this year. You know, he picked out a handful of games where he thought they played well. And he looked at the players that played the most minutes in those games. And Ellis was, you know, one of the guys who in those games had played the most minutes and sometimes had, you know, played the best. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I mean, he plays 32 minutes against Kentucky, and then he doesn't play a lick for two straight games, Missouri and LSU, and then he's arguably the player of the game in the uh, uh, in the matchup with Georgia. So <laughs> I haven't figured it all out yet, and clearly, you know, they haven't either. And uh, but um, he sure played well Saturday, and if he can continue to play like that, and the others can continue to play like that. Uh, they'll have a chance to win some games. Yeah, four for six in the second half. He goes six for eleven total. Three for six on three, including a big three pointer in that second half. But it wasn't just the points, Chuck. It was the fact that he had five rebounds, three assists, and three oh, yeah. steals, two blocks. I mean, when you talk about that, must I, I know always talks to you after the game about filling up the stat sheet. A lot of times he mentions Chandler Lawson in that category. This was a game where Ellis' impact wasn't just felt offensively. It was all over the floor, especially with the amount of turnovers that Arkansas was able to force. Yeah, and I think Ellis only had one turnover, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, that's uh, uh, that's what got him benched. You know, he had five turnovers against Kentucky. That's what got him benched. And that'll get any point guard benched. You know, that's that's your number one job as a point guard is not to turn it over. So, um he was able to limit that, and that's why he played those minutes, and that's why he was effective. When Ellis doesn't turn the ball over, he can help you win games. Uh, but now you can say that about a lot of guys. I mean, you can say that about plenty of players in basketball. When he doesn't turn it over, he helps us win games. Uh, Ellis, is, Ellis is a guy like that. Now, look, they're going to play better teams than the one they played Saturday. Yep. And they're going to play them in places that are tougher to win than Bud Walton Arena. But it was a nice win. And there haven't been enough of them this year to just brush this one aside and say, all right, let's move on to something else. Um, they need to you know, build on what they did well and try to improve on what they didn't. Um, the order will be much taller on Wednesday night, literally. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they got to play some hide in Tennessee and, and Adu and Connect. I know that Tennessee didn't have the tallest guards, but Josiah Jordan-James, those guys will uh, – those guys have got some size and some girth to them. It'll be interesting on Valentine's Day uh, with the win on Saturday. I wonder if there's a few more uh, men and ladies out there that can convince their significant other that this is where we need to spend Valentine's Day. 
in Bud Walton Arena at 8 o'clock on on Wednesday night at this point. Uh, stepping out about, you mentioned the turnovers. Arkansas didn't, they only finished with 12, but there weren't a lot of like live ball turnovers. Uh, I, I don't know how many times they, four or five times they stepped out of bounds. That's, that's the most I think I've ever seen them, not just this season, but really at any point. That was, yeah, that was, was kind of freakish. Game. Yeah. That was kind of freakish. I will say they, um, you know, you look at Arkansas's stats in this game and, then you go back and you look at when Georgia won the game in Athens, it's almost a completely flipped script. Uh, you look at points off turnovers in that game at Athens, uh, Georgia seemed to score on every turnover Arkansas committed. Look at the points off turnovers in the aftermath of this game relative to the total number of turnovers. Total number of turnovers are about even. Points off turnover shifts very heavily to Arkansas. You look at the game down there at Georgia, Georgia's bench dominated outscored Arkansas by a wide margin. You look at this past Saturday's game over the weekend, it was Arkansas's bench that dominated and outscored Georgia by a wide margin. So, um, again, there will be better teams. There are better teams. There's one coming Wednesday night. But it sure was nice to win that game. Yes, it was. Again, you're in action this week against the Tennessee Volunteers back in Bud Walton Arena 8 o'clock on Valentine's Day. So you got to convince and sway your significant other that that's the place that you want to be if you have tickets. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McClarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McClarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McClarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. Your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Okay, so the Kansas City Chiefs last night had an incident on the sidelines with Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid, and. I was really blown away what happened. Of course, both of them played off. Let's first hear from Travis. Hey, Travis, what happened with you and Coach after the game? This was on the CBS postgame broadcast. Oh, you guys saw, you guys saw that? What was the conversation well, about? Was there it, were a few cameras. I mean, was it, hey, I need the ball, I can help us win? What was that about? Man, it was, uh, I'm going I'm to keep it between us unless my mic'd up tells the world, but uh, I was just telling them how much I love them. <laughs> Yeah, what a load. Unless my mic'd up tells the world. He better hope that mic'd up doesn't come out. They win, so it's not that big of a deal, right? Well, here's what Coach Reed, when he gets asked about the incident, here's what he says. He keeps me young. Yeah. <laughs> the balance looked good. Yeah, not so good. He touched, touched that hip out. You know? Yeah, I know. Like JB's got a new hip, too. Yeah, man. You, you took a good hit right there. But, but that's how you guys communicate sometimes. Well, he caught me off balance. So normally, I'd give him a little bit, but you know <laughs> Chuck, this guy's 30-something years old, trying to knock over and bow over his 62-year-old well, head coach. I mean, it wasn't kid- quite I, like that. I mean, it wasn't quite like that. Like, th- this is happening so much more in professional, in college, even high school sports. There used to be a respect for the coach 
in charge. Now, I, I get some coaches have gone too far, a.k.a. Woody Hayes and other incidents that we've had over the course of sports history. I get that. But to see this last night, this is a Hall of Famer, and I get his temper runs rampant every once in a while, but I I was just so irritated to watch this last night. Reed's one of the best coaches in the history of the National Football League. Mahomes said last night he thinks he's the best ever, but really disappointed in Travis Kelsey and the way he handled himself last night. I thought the Chiefs as a whole were too jacked up at the start of the game, and uh, that may have had something to do with that there. I, I didn't think that they ever really settled in until you know much, much later in the ball game. I don't think it's that big a deal. I know there are old school people who will say it is, and I hear you when you say that you see it more and more, and um, that to me would be the only thing that I would say. It's, it's a bad look, and it's not something to emulate. Uh, but anybody that I think has been around sports very much <laughs> knows that things like that do happen, and you can't hold that against people. Um, as Andy Reid said, I mean, he said, I say a lot of things to him during the course of the week he probably <laughs> doesn't like. And so, um, you know, that's, that's, that's one of those things that's happened multiple times, hundreds of times, thousands of times over the course of the history of the National Football League. But in the Super Bowl, you got a million and one cameras. And in the modern era, you've got cameras fixated on the game stars and they never leave them. So you've always got a shot of something like that. I don't think it's that big a deal. I mean, they won the Super Bowl. It obviously does not affect the way things are done. To, uh, to say the Chiefs don't have a disciplined team would be silly. Um, it's a bad look, but other than that, I don't think it means anything. And Travis did get some more targets after that, so maybe it did uh, Maybe it did help his cause at that point. I would guess, now he again joked about it after the game, I would guess it had something to do to that point. I think he'd only gotten one target to at that point in the juncture of the game, and it changed up a little bit. I just, I, I think that you're onto something in the sense of we have more cameras, and especially the Super Bowl, you're going to have more than you ever have. But to me, when I watch sports today, I see this more than I ever have. I see this more than when I watched five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And I've come, and I'm not even old school, 29 years old, but I've I've come from the vantage point and perspective that coach's word is law at any point. And if you backtalk, if you get in his face or something, he's not going to slap you or anything, but you're, you're going to run and you're going to regret it. And I know professional athletes, it's a little different relationship with their head coach and whatnot. But I think there's a, a, a not a lack of respect, but less respect with that title than there's ever been in sports today in 2024. Oh, I don't, I don't know that I would make that leap. All right, let's say Andy Reid had gone old school, all right, and benched Travis Kelsey. Let's say he just benched him. Kansas City host, uh, hoisting the trophy after the game? Mahomes still throwing the football? I'm, no, I'm yes. just saying. No way. No way. My point is, is that um, you have to consider the ramifications of your own ego. If Andy Reid had, 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 you know, by God, I'm an old school head coach. You don't do that to me. You go sit your butt on the bench and you're not going to play anymore today. Well, that's counterproductive. And as Reed said after the game, I mean, it's Kelsey's passion that makes him a good player. Um, not every player's like that, but he is. And that's what makes him good. You've got to be able to coach and manage multiple different, uh, multiple personalities. Every player's different. Every guy handles himself and reacts differently. And the idea that you can just have one way in this era. I think that's a little naive. Um, you know, my generation followed much more easily than this generation does. Maybe that's good, maybe it's bad, but it's reality. And so I think what makes a professional coach, and really a college coach good, uh, is that you, your ability to manage personalities. Because ultimately you're trying to get the best out of your team and win the ball game. And 
they're a whole lot better with a fired up Travis Kelsey than they are without him. Uh, you're right. Got a couple texts here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. If you want to jump in, if you've got a thought one way or another, if you're old school and you're with Coach Reed and me this morning, or if you're new school and you think what Kelsey did, it just happens more, you can call or text us at 877-377-6963. I've been told that from Philip and Russellville that I need to unclutch my pearls this morning. Listen to you, Chuck, and uh, learn a thing or two. Uh, I don't know about that, but <laughs> you. Uh, um, I think it's one of those things that visually, I agree with you. It's a bad look, and kids emulate professionals. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and from that standpoint, it shouldn't happen. But I don't think it's that big a deal. Maybe it's more of, and again, maybe it's the professional versus the the high school and the college kid. But like you just said, the the what what I think is discouraging to me is we're we're going to come out the ratings at some point today, and you're going to have they'll probably say like 130 something million watch the game, which will be the most ever, and a good chunk of those watchers and viewers are going to be high school kids and college kids and I, I just don't want the, they to think that's okay for them to back talk or go out of coach and I and I get every situation's different and I get sometimes blood boils and it goes over the top and I'm, I'm kind of reacting this real time thinking about the times that me and Tommy have gotten the shouting matches on and off the air I'm like okay that actually happens a time or two but it's all well and good and we have a good relationship like Reed and him have a good relationship I just don't want this to become the norm I want this to be the anomaly I want this to seldom happen but i just tend to think that we're heading in the direction where we'll see this more and more and more and it's more accepted from the player's perspective and standpoint that hey if i don't like what coach is saying or if i'm not getting the ball or if i'm not getting plays called for me i should go yell at the head coach because travis does it so i should be able to do it i think you've got to consider the 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 standpoint from which the player comes um you know if if um you know what I saw from Kelsey last night was passion. And what I see most of the time from players who do, that's passion. Sometimes it's misdirected. Look, football's, uh, football's different than the other games. I mean, it just is. I mean, uh, um, you know, you got, you got wild men running around out there trying to kill each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, trying to tear each other's heads off. Um, there's no other sport where they're doing that. I'm not saying there's not the an equal or greater level of skill required in other sports. But they're not trying to rip your head off the way they're doing in football. And so it's a violent game. And the idea that things like this won't happen, um, I think is a little bit naive. What we saw with Kelsey and Reed happens a lot. We just don't see it. And the fact of the matter is, if you've got a football team and there's not some yelling and occasional shoving and um, things of that nature on the sideline, if you don't have that, there's probably not a lot enough, not enough passion over there. Um, I like passion. I like the people that wear it on their sleeve. I like those people in everyday life, and I especially like them in sports because those are the people that you win with. Got some more uh, text here on the McCarty Daniel Holland. This one comes from Gordon in Charleston. He said, Kelsey's a punk. No one's arguing that. It's a bad look. <laughs> but what he wants to talk about is if Dre Greenlaw doesn't come down, the 49ers win that game. I honestly, I agree with you. And uh, we heard a couple teammates from after the game speak to Dre Greenlaw. Here's his linebacker buddy, uh, Fred Warner, on what had happened when they lost Greenlaw. I'm sick to my stomach. I'm still sick. I see him at halftime, and I'm just... I'm crying because I, I just I'm so hurt for him and obviously wanted to win this for him and sickening. That's one of my hot takes this morning, Chuck. If Dre Greenlaw doesn't rupture his Achilles, excited to get back on the field, I honestly think that defense is does enough, and we're not talking about another Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl. We're talking about Kyle Shanahan's first this morning. Well, I don't know that I'd go that far. I think it affected things. There's no doubt it affected the Niners' defense. I'm not going to go so far as to say it, it, it would have changed the outcome. Um, it certainly would have made San Francisco's defense better. But I'm not going to say that Greenlaw's presence would have denied Patrick Mahomes um, at the end of the ball game. I, I'm not ready to go that far. If you really look at the the, the situation where he was injured, it wasn't like he was just like over the top excited. He was bouncing out on the field the way a lot of players bounce out on the field. 
Um, now, look, he, he was jacked up during the game. I mean, you watched the early oh, part yeah. of the game. There was a play that he made, and, I mean, you thought his head was going to explode. But, again, I mean, that's that's the passion of the game. It's what's required to win. Unfortunately, sometimes when you hit that level, guys get hurt. But, but I think Greenlaw's thing was a freakish thing. It's not a deal where I think you blame him. I don't think you say, well, if he hadn't been so excited – well, if he hadn't been so excited, he probably wouldn't have been there. I mean, if he didn't play as an excited player, he probably wouldn't be in the NFL. In fact, I'm certain he wouldn't be because he plays with a passion right now. I didn't see him play with in college. Now, I'm not saying that he didn't love it as much. I'm saying that he was not able to channel it the way he's able to channel it now. I mean, this guy's a real football player. I mean, a pro football player and a contributor, not just a taxi squad guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a contributor, but he's got an injury now that, you know, let's forget the Super Bowl. Uh, that's, that's, that's history. We can debate whether or not his presence would have changed the outcome or not. This is an injury that can end a career. The Achilles is a very, very difficult injury to recover from and then return from. He's got a long road ahead of him. And beyond the outcome of the game, I'm, I'm concerned for his career today. He should be, unfortunately. Uh, again, Achilles, not an easy something to recover from, whether you're a professional athlete, like you're saying, or just the average Joe's. Hopefully, Dre at some point gets back to Tom. All right, last text on this uh, Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid incident. He said, uh, this is from Jared and Greenwood, saying that Kelsey could have handled his emotions better, uh, but they did have an incident earlier this year where Reid bumped Kelsey for throwing his helmet. Uh, there's no way they didn't address this at halftime because Andy is too good of a coach to not be discussed. I will say that, Chuck, we only see what happens on on the camera, on the CBS um, broadcast. We don't get to hear every conversation in the locker room or what's said privately. I know sometimes NFL Films releases that after the game, but uh, evidently things got worked out before there too because we're waking up this morning and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid once again find themselves Super Bowl champions. Well, my guess would be at halftime or whenever they talked, Kelsey said, hey man, sorry about that. And Reid said, don't worry about it. And life went on. They had way, way more important things to talk about at halftime than that. Uh, way, way more important thing. So I don't. I, I, I think again. Um, well, frankly, I just think people are making too much about it. Uh, I don't. I don't think it affected things one way or the other. I don't think it affected their relationship. Uh, but you know, again, if if if, if you were going to take something away, um, it's a bad look. Mm-hmm. Um, other than other than that, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's a big deal. Can we talk about how once again? for like the second, third, fourth consecutive year, the Super Bowl commercials sucked. I mean, there was just nothing that stood out during the course of one of the longest games in in NFL history, apparently the seventh longest. Chuck, again, I am a football-centered guy. I don't have any football knowledge, but I love watching it. Uh, I was so disappointed once again on the lack of creativity, the lack of comedy, and really just the lack of substance that I saw in the majority of the commercials last night. Well, I did wonder a time or two how much all these ad executive whiz kids were being paid to uh, come up with some of the things that they came up with. I thought about the the $7 million, I guess, that, um, you know, 30 seconds uh, cost you um, in the Super Bowl. And, hey, there were some good ones. There were some that caught my attention. Um, there wasn't one I don't think that will have people talking for two or three days the way some have, but they were um, – they were okay, I guess, but it's, um, you know, I guess for each advertiser, they've got to determine whether or not it was worth the investment and whether or not they're going to do it again, and evidently a lot of them do um, because, you know. But, you know, for every Budweiser that's done it for years, there's a GoDaddy.com. So, uh, you know, they were the hot property there for a couple of years, and I hadn't heard from them in a long time. So, um, you know, long term, I... I guess we'll see which brands stick and which ones don't. I enjoyed the United Airlines. I've only flown United once. They had the Coach Taylor um, Friday Night Lights kind of commercial. It was very simple, straight to the point, but I enjoyed it. But like you said, I, there wasn't like when I when I think about the, again, the pauses during the game last night, and I think back to the commercials, I, I nothing stands out for the most part, which 
Again, I remember the good old days of the Budweiser, that great Coke commercial with Mean Joe Green and some other things over the years. There were some funny Pepsi and Dorito ones back in the day. And now they just are a waste, of, in my opinion, a waste of money. But like you said, <laughs> someone keeps paying it. It's so, a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot of money. I saw something that nobody paid $7 million for 30 seconds since the Jets signed Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so, uh, you Jeez. know, you... Uh, you pay a lot of money, and oh, it's over pretty quickly. Golly, that might be too soon for uh, some Jets fans out there listening. Yeah, whatever the case may be, Wiz kids, some of them will get fired today because they're terrible performance, and then others will apparently get a contract bonus or a signing bonus for what their uh, ad ended up producing in revenue the next couple of weeks. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, let's start with Arkansas basketball. After a 78-75 to win over the Georgia Bulldogs, it was encouraging to see them not just win in Bud Walton Arena, but the fan reaction when Devontae Davis came back. I was curious, would we hear any boos whatsoever? I didn't hear any. Chuck, I don't think you probably heard any either. Uh, must Go ahead. Well, no, what, what I was going to say there was I think sometimes, and I knew people going into the game Saturday, oh, Debo's going to get booed when he gets up. You're going to hear some boos. We see things on social media, and we think that's the way the majority of people feel, and it's not. Um, social media is by nature negative. That's where people go to gripe. That's where people go to say things they wouldn't dare say to someone's face. That's that's what makes social media work. I knew he'd be cheered. I didn't have any doubt he would be cheered when he got up. Now, you can think whatever you want about it, and, and people are free to do that. But I knew that the reaction would be good. It was exactly what I thought it'd be. Um, and here is uh, Mus kind of saying that same thing. Yeah, I think when we talked about it the other day, that was my assumption that, that that's what would happen. And very thankful for the fans that that's how, you know, when he came in, that that's how they responded. Ended up playing 35 minutes. Uh, didn't score a ton, but uh, provided uh, some good defense. Felt like I saw more of the freshman, sophomore, junior Devo Davis defensively than I had uh, at any point this season, Chuck. You know, to me, and, and, and this is nothing, I'm taking nothing away from Devo. Um, I don't know that it, and, and I don't know that it will make, you know, I don't think it makes Arkansas dramatically better with Devo there, and I don't think they were dramatically worse without him. I mean, they struggled this year with him, and Saturday they played better with him. It's been an up and down season, it's been a roller coaster season. I've not seen anything yet that makes me believe that's going to change. And, again, when you really look at Devo's career, um, there have been some incredible spikes. I mean, there have been moments, and it's happened in March primarily, where, you know, Devo's just given us moments we'll never forget. But in every year, there's been a lull. There's been a point in the regular season where things are not going well. Um, and for the last two years, there have been periods where he stepped away and then came back. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm a Devo fan. I'm glad he's back. I felt like he'd come back when he stepped away, and I think Musk did the right thing to let him back. This is an unusual situation. I'll just put it that way. And every situation's different, just like Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey on the sideline. Every situation's different. And... You know, Musk has chosen it to has chosen to handle it the way that he has, and 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 I agree with the way he's done it. But I don't think Devo puts him over the top. I thought he played a nice game Saturday, and I hope he continues to do that. That's how I look at it. Is similar to the Missouri win. This is a, a game you you wanted. You got to split now with Georgia this season, but it doesn't change necessarily the perspective I have 
on this basketball team. Now, I agree. Bruce Dan, who's a, a, a very self-appointed uh, Tennessee fan, he's very honest about that. He thinks it's going to be a dogfight on Wednesday night. Tennessee's going to come off again in a place where they got slaughtered in College Station on Saturday. They still be angry heading into that game. I do think that Arkansas will give them maybe a better game than some people think. I don't know if it necessarily leads to an upset on Wednesday night, though. Tennessee's been suspect on the road. Tennessee's like a lot of teams out there. They're they're you know they can be beaten when you get them in your place if 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 you have a good night. I think Arkansas. I I, I tend to think Arkansas will probably give them all they want. I think Tennessee's going to be difficult to beat on neutral floors when we get into March and when we get into uh, uh, the NCAA tournament. They're the type team that can win ball games. I think on neutral floors. Uh, because of their guard play and because they've got veterans. Um, that, that's really a loaded team there. But they've been, they've been suspect on the road. I, I, I'm not surprised A&M beat them. I'm a little surprised at the score, you know, and how the game went. But, you know, sometimes in the, in the modern era, guys take nights off. And uh, evidently Tennessee from the neck up, took a night off because A&M's not that much better than Tennessee. Yep, 85-69 to 69 the final there in College Station. They just got pounded on the glass if you watched any point of that game. Speaking of Tennessee, Musk got asked about the Super Bowl and the Navals on Wednesday night. Of course, Valentine's Day for those that may have forgotten. Hopefully you didn't forget. Hopefully you've got plans for your significant other. Here's what Musk said about his Super Bowl plans yesterday and what it's looking forward to in the Vols. It's great right now. But as soon as I leave you guys, we got to get ready for Tennessee. So I don't know how great my Saturday night and Sunday will be knowing that we have a six-ranked team in the country. But what a great, you know, what a great environment. I hope it, it is here playing the six-ranked team. You know, they're a team that can, can play for a national championship, and it will be a great challenge coming up on Wednesday. So as much as I would like to watch the Super Bowl, I have a feeling I'll be watching Tennessee most of Sunday. Maybe it's a good thing as a Niners fan, Chuck, he skipped the Super Bowl without the way that ended up if he followed through on what he said after the postgame. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, um, you know, I mean this in a good way. These, these guys aren't normal people. They didn't like have a Super Bowl party and – hang out and do all that stuff. They, uh, I guarantee he's focused on Tennessee. Yeah. All right, last thing here in your hog update. Uh, we know that what Hagen Smith is bringing to the table for the Arkansas baseball team. He's got multiple All-American SEC accolades heading into this game come Friday in this season, which, by the way, Arkansas baseball gets going this Friday, opening day, four-game homestead against James Madison. Also, for those that don't know, Arkansas added a transfer in the offseason, but Heva Aloy, who Sacramento State, uh, I think it was a freshman All-American last year. Uh, I know people are really excited for him. Uh, they have been both named to the Golden Spikes Award preseason watch list. Arkansas has won that award twice in the history of its baseball program. Cops and Ben Attendee, and evidently, Chuck, they've got some guys nationally that think they can win it this year, too. Well, you know, I can tell you around Northwest Arkansas. I don't know what it's like everywhere else, but I can tell you in Northwest Arkansas... Everybody's talking about baseball season starting on Friday. People are making their plans. People are getting ready to go to the ballpark. Um, it's going to be, at least for a while on Friday, it's going to be warm, it looks like. But the weather's going to change. It's going to be cold this weekend. I was looking at Saturday, the high of 38, high of 45 on Sunday, 49 Monday. I don't know when it's going to be in the 60s on Friday, but I think it's going to drop during the day. So... You know, as it always is in February, weather's an issue. But at least among the crowd that I see, they're excited about baseball season starting. They're ready to go to the ballpark. And more than anything, they're ready to watch the Razorbacks win. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Possible. 
Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Now, the Super Bowl was in Las Vegas, and it ended up being a great football game. Great conclusion, great great ending to the game last night. And at the tail end of the game, you could hear a cry, and you could hear a whimper from Dallas, Texas, in Highland Park, where Jerry Jones lives. Because last night, the Kansas City Chiefs talk, Chuck, took... America's team away from the Dallas Cowboys. And they are now America's team from here on out. It's been since, what, 1979 that they were called America's team? So you've had 40-some-odd years of the team from Dallas, Texas being America's team with Taylor Swift, Blake Lively, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, great organization. They took it from the Dallas Cowboys last night. Well, the Cowboys were America's team long before 1979. But they've not been America's team in terms of winning Super Bowls for quite some time. As certainly the Chiefs are middle America's team. There, there's no doubt about that. I don't know what life's like on the coast. I don't live on the coast. I have no idea. But I know that uh, they're definitely middle America's team. And in our part of the world, they are the, uh, hey, they're the toast of the town. There's no doubt. Um, they, when they drafted Mahomes and they hired Andy Reid, um, they, um, you know, they set themselves up for quite a run, but they right now, without a doubt, are a very popular team. But now, as we've discussed, Ty, I mean, <laughs> you know, this is also the franchise that gave us Elvis Gerbach. You know, this is the franchise that gave us Matt Castle. So it's not like they've got a you know, they were really good in the 60s and 70s. I mean, Lenny Dawson. And, and look, they had some good years under Schottenheimer. I'm, I'm not saying they didn't. But in terms of going this far, um, there was quite a gap there, you know, between times that they did it, not taking anything away from them. But, you know, 10 years ago, they were certainly not the talk of the town. 100%. We, the reason I say that is because we live in the most fair-weather fan time that we've ever lived in in sports. And I'm one of them. I will 100% tell you. You are a fair-weather I am a fair Not with Arkansas. Not with Arkansas Athletics. Yeah, I have you're to, a front-runner. Not, front not with Arkansas. With all the other sports teams. I'm not great. I'm not you're a You're with them win or tie. Yeah. I'm win, win, tie, or lose with Arkansas. The other's a little bad. But for... For me being a Green Bay Packers fan because of Brett Favre or Oklahoma City because, again, that was the closest team and I didn't just wasn't attracted to the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm a fair-weather team in that. And fantasy football's changed things. But because of the winning aspect, because everyone just jumps on the bandwagon nowadays, Taylor Swift, Blake Lively, everything else, you've got all these people that aren't traditional in the, in, in the football sense of the word, aren't traditional football fans. And now they're jumping on this team to this point. So when I say America's team, it, it's not like it's like football America, but the United States has jumped on board. Like he, it's kind of like with the Cowboys. You either love the Chiefs or you hate the Chiefs. There is no in between when it comes to Kansas City and what they build in Arrowhead Stadium. You got to have larger than life personalities, man. I mean, one of the things that made the Cowboys the Cowboys were the larger-than-life personalities that they always had. And you've got to have that before you really, you know, can can transcend football. I mean, the biggest stars go beyond the game. You know, you think about the players and, and what they do in terms of their celebrity, you know, beyond just playing football, the money that they make, the way they market themselves. You've got to be larger than life. I mean, just, just just look at the world in general right now. Um, it's the larger-than-life characters that command the center of the stage, for better or worse. <laughs> Sometimes it is for worse. But you've got to have that flair if you're going to last. And Mahomes and Kelsey, they have that flair. My gosh, it makes Andy Reid look cool. 
I mean, <laughs> if Andy Reid was not a football coach, he'd just be, you know, he'd just be the big guy down at the end of the block who was great to sit around and have a beer with in the backyard. But because he's a football coach and he's got these larger-than-life characters on his team, he, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And you've, you've, you've got to have that if you're going to really catch people's eye. And Kelsey is that. And I hate, and I hate that I sang along to this last night, but you can't help it. You go party in Las Vegas and get back to it. Hey, you still got to fight for your right, don't you? You got to fight for your right. Travis, congratulations to again. I I sang along to when he sang those lyrics last night because I did not. He sing did along not. To okay, that. no, I did okay. not sing along. He to that. he he let the audience sing along, and I found myself unfortunately singing out the rest of that tune to this. Point. He's a little over the top for me sometimes. Yeah, you mean it seems contrived with him sometimes. I'll just put it that way. Apparently, he gave. I was reading some uh, some different teammates of his. He gave a, apparently a pregame speech on Saturday that had his team in tears. Oh, I'm sure. He, oh, he can do it now. He can do uh, it. I don't know if you saw Chris Jones. I, I will say the lead up, the build up to the Super Bowl. Right. Sometimes the game sucks, and you're just like all this hype, all this like. Surrounding, it's like, oh, let's go, and then the game's horrible, and you're. I, I just wasted my entire day sitting around this piece. Chris Jones was doing the crying before the game. It's emotional. You know why he's crying, Chuck? Because he knows he doesn't have football till September. I think that was I, it. That was it, man. He knows he's not going to be suiting up until September. I was emotional last night because I don't have any college football. I, I was close. At the I, end of the night, I was on cry? the brink of tears. I was sitting with my dog Maggie and telling her, "It's like I don't have football. I don't have anything." to live for until early August and the beginning of September to this point. But it was nice that the game actually lived up to the building. But I will say, I do agree with you. Kelsey goes over the top sometimes. I've never listened to Patrick Mahomes and been like, I don't like that guy. There's been several incidents where I'm just like, Kelsey, shut up, man. Like, no one wants to hear it. I know he's one of the leaders of the team, but he irks me every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, he goes a little over the top. That's for sure. Um, but, hey... They are back-to-back Super Bowl champions, and we've not said that in a long time. And for them to um, to repeat, that's really hard to do. I mean, how many times, and we discussed this a little bit earlier, you talked this way, and I know lots of Chiefs fans feel this way, and I've felt this way about the teams that I like. It's going to last forever. I mean, we're going to keep doing this. I mean, our guys are young. Uh, you know, we've we, we got plenty of money to spend. We're going to keep doing this. And then all of a sudden you look up, five, ten years have passed, and you haven't done it again. So for them to be able to repeat and go back to back, um, that's pretty remarkable. And there are lots of reasons to believe they'll do it again. But, but logic and history tells you they won't. You know, logic and history tells you it's not going to be back to back to back. Although it seems like today it might be. We need your boys to make the Super Bowl. And I know we've been saying that for nearly 30 years, but uh, can you imagine a Cowboys Chiefs Super Bowl? It's in New Orleans next year, too, by the way. And I know Vegas, for the outside looking in, looked like they did a, a very good job. But at Dallas, we need it. Cowboys Chiefs Super Bowl. They keep breaking records, Chuck, in terms of viewership. I mean, we're going to get a number that comes out later today. Last year's 117, the most ever. This year, I think it's going to be even way more than that. And Oh, yeah, it will be. I mean, Chuck, there was 14 of us watching one television screen last night. So that number, I always think, is lower than it actually is to that point. But uh, you think about the setup for the, the next couple of years. He had it in Vegas for the first time. Next year, it's in New Orleans. Then they're going to go to San Francisco. Then they're going to go to SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, which is a little smaller venue, but still a very uh, high-tech place. There are several. I was actually looking on this. There are several places they've never been. Uh, Nashville's getting a new stadium in recent years. They've never been to Kansas City because it's outdoors. Um, Buffalo is going to build that new high-tech stadium, which would be a cool place. It's never been to Chicago because of Soldier Field. We, we saw it in Vegas. Uh, I, I do. I know it's February, but there are some historic venues they've never been to that I hope they put in, but they're just, I think, too scared of the weather without having a dome at this point. I think the NFL is just too worried about well, they bad should weather. Be. 
I mean, they should be. What if you have an epic snowstorm? You know, you think about the Bills playoff game. You know, you think, let's say you schedule a Super Bowl at the new stadium in Buffalo, and you have a situation where people literally cannot travel, as was the case, you know, just a few weeks back when they had to move the playoff game back a day. You can't take a chance on that with the Super Bowl, nor can you, uh, uh, can you just go ahead and, you know, play the game. And it's fun to watch snow games on TV when there's the perfect amount of snow. You know, when yeah. you can still watch the game. Everything looks cool. In the comfort you, of your own home, as you always talk about. And you think to yourself, man, isn't HDTV great? But when you got like three feet of snow... You know, even in a place like Buffalo or Chicago, these places that are on the lakes up there, um, the Great Lakes, um, it's too big a risk. It's too big a risk. Um, I, I, I've never liked the fact, and this is one of the things that I, I don't like about baseball running their season so long now, I don't think that the game should be decided in weather conditions that are vastly different from what the teams played in during the course of the regular season. Good point. You play some early season baseball games, for example, when it's cold, but the overwhelming majority of the season is played in warm weather. When you look at football, now the NFL is a little bit later because the seasons run longer than they do in college, but the vast majority of the games are played before the dead of winter sets in. Um football not quite so much as baseball but to a great extent it is true and you need to play these games where the weather's good uh you need to make certain that look there are all kinds of things that can go wrong but you don't want the weather to be one of them and um it's the biggest sports day in the world and you can't have the weather screw it up and that's why you can't go to these venues you just can't yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I, I do. Get, I always think you have a good vantage point from the hey, it looks good on TV, but when you're actually there or actually trying to deal with it, and the travel aspect too is a uh, is is very valid in that. Hey, point. if you got a three or four inch snow and it's sticking to the field, and you can still keep up with where the ball is and all that, it looks great. I remember that. You know what sparked all the cold weather Super Bowl talk was what was it? The Raiders and the Patriots, the Tut game. Um, it, it was great television viewing when HDTV was right at its beginning, and we all watched it and thought, man, this is the coolest thing ever. And all of a sudden, you know, well, we got to have a cold-weather Super Bowl. And, you know, it, it, it just doesn't always work out quite like you had planned when it comes to the weather. No. Got a couple texts in here on the McCarty Daniel hotline about the America's team discussion. Dutch says, that's what I put on my post-game Facebook post last night. Even as a Dallas Cowboy fan, he feels like they got supplanted by the Kansas City Chiefs. Brad in Salesville also concurs with me. He uh, thinks that they have become America's team. Uh, Pointer and Van Buren, Chuck, wants to know who the help like Lively is. Uh, yeah, well, you know, hey, there's a. Um, I just know the name. You know, I'll be honest. I just know the. Uh, I just know the name. One thing about the Chiefs, though, let me say this: we all tend to think wherever we are is the center of the universe. The Chiefs are Mid America's team. I don't think in New York today, though, or I don't think in Boston, or I don't think in, uh, you know, uh, Los Angeles or San Francisco. I, I don't think that. You know they've supplanted the local team as you know the 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 favorite of the majority of people, but I do think in Middle America, the Chiefs have passed the Cowboys. They've passed what the Bears were in the '80s. I mean they are they are Middle America's team, no doubt about it. So let me ask you this before we change subjects: Have they passed in the state? Have we gotten to a point on February the twelfth? 2024, where there are more Kansas City Chiefs fans in the state of Arkansas than Dallas Cowboy fans. This wasn't even a discussion five years ago, six years ago. I'm going to be honest. Like when I drive around in, in Northwest Arkansas, is a little different from Little Rock. When I drive around, visit my parents in Little Rock, I see more Cowboys memorabilia and, and, and flags and stuff than I do in, in Northwest Arkansas. But it's not close in NWA. And maybe that's speaking to the fair weather aspect. Maybe that's speaking to the fact that Chiefs following has grown tremendously. But 
I would not be shocked if we did a census of some sort with the Chiefs fan versus Cowboy fans, and there were more Chiefs fans in the state than there were Cowboys fans as of today. Well, the world's full of front runners, Ty. But uh, um, if the Cowboys were to win a Super Bowl, and I realize that's a stretch, but if the Cowboys were to win a Super Bowl, I think you would find that there are still more Cowboys fans in Arkansas than Chiefs fans. I, I think the crescendo would reach a point where you'd think enough's enough. Um, but there are a lot of Chiefs fans. Some of it is part of, you know, dependent upon where you are in our state. But in northwest Arkansas, where I am, it's um, there are a lot of Chiefs fans. Lots of Chiefs fans. Well, I do know there's a lot of Arkansas fans, and there's no debate which team is the most dominant in the state, and that's the Arkansas Razorbacks. And uh, you've got Eric Musselman, uh, of course, that we're going to hear from coming up in just a sec. Must lie, back tonight at Sassy's, correct, Chuck? Yeah, we're down to two shows tonight and then a couple weeks off. But yeah, we'll be there tonight at 7. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.